Hi, and welcome to this new episode in which we're going to be talking about hoarseness. So this episode will show you how to treat hoarseness so that you can go back to singing in no time. Let's dive into it. Hi, Maggie here, and as a vocal coach, it is my privilege and honor to work with passionate singers just like yourself. If you love to sing, but maybe believe that you're not good enough yet, that you can't really learn to sing those high or low notes without hoarseness, or maybe you struggle with insecurities, well, then this podcast is for you. During our time here together, you'll get tips, tricks, and motivation to grow as a singer, develop your voice, and make your big singing dreams come true. So, ready to take your singing to the next level? Let's go! Hey, here's just a little note before we continue. As you know, we have a YouTube channel called The Singing Insiders. If you want to see the video version of this episode, please head on over to YouTube, type in Singing Insiders and watch the video there. This is the audio recording of that video, but if you need any image, then go over to YouTube. I am so glad that you're here because today we're going to be talking about hoarseness. You know, that, that sound that your voice is not the same. Maybe it feels scratchy. Maybe it feels a little bit breathy. And today, in this episode, we're going to be looking at what you can do to actually treat it. Because mistakes that many beginner singers make is, first of all, to sing when their voice is hoarse. So if you are hoarse, now watching or listening to this episode, then what we're going to be covering will definitely benefit you. If you're not hoarse, then this episode is still for you because there might be a point in time when you do feel that hoarseness or that hoarse feeling coming up, whether it's because you have partied too much last night or whether it's because you have sung too much. At some point in time, there is a chance that that feeling of hoarseness might come up and then you know exactly what to do. And what you definitely don't want to do is to sing when your voice is hoarse. Another mistake that many beginner singers make is to not really treat the hoarseness. And we're going to be looking into that later in this episode. So they don't treat the hoarseness. They just, they just sing on, on the hoarseness. And another mistake that many beginner singers make is that they're only looking at the hoarseness. Meaning they're not really looking at the root cause of what triggered the hoarseness in the first place. And we don't want to have that. So once you're aware that these mistakes might have been made, because that's what many beginner singers do, then you can actually do something about it. So what we want to have is become that trained singer. We've talked about this in previous episodes as well. And when you're a trained singer, then you know exactly what to do when you feel that hoarse feeling coming up or you know exactly what to do when that horse feeling is there because sometimes you just wake up with it and it might have something to do with you know what happened during the night maybe your room is too dry i mean there's so many factors involved but a trained singer and that's where where i want to get you a trained singer knows exactly what to do when you're feeling that hoarseness also a trained singer will not sing on a horse voice if it's possible. 
And with that, I say, sometimes, you know, you're performers, uh, sometimes you have a performance coming up and you, or an audition coming up or a choir rehearsal coming up and you absolutely need to sing. In that case, there are some techniques and tools that you can use to sing on a hoarse voice in a healthy way. And we'll be looking at those today as well. Uh, so the trained singer, first of all, knows exactly what to do to treat the hoarseness. They also prefer not to sing when, when voices are hoarse. But also what the trained singer does that differentiates them from beginner singers is that trained singers will actually be looking at the root cause. Like, where is this hoarseness coming from? Is this my vocal technique that was off? Is it maybe me having sung too much because that could be it as well maybe i was in a very noisy environment and i was talking too loud or maybe there's so much dryness in my room that it dries out my vocal cords when i'm sleeping or maybe um it could be of, of sickness you know maybe you have a cold so the trained singer will not just treat the hoarseness but will also look at where is it coming from so that you can prevent it in the future so, as you know, we're always operating from the Sing Yourself to Freedom formula. We have four pillars in that formula. The mindset pillar, the vocal technique pillar, the creativity pillar, and the connection pillar. And today we're really diving deeper into that vocal technique pillar, which is also around vocal hygiene, because that's what we're talking about today, right? So, let's dive into more specifics. What is hoarseness? Let's start there. Because yes, many people describe hoarseness when they hear that their voice sounds different. Maybe it sounds lower in pitch. Maybe it sounds raspy. Maybe you feel like there's lots of mucus around. But anatomically, what happens physically is that your vocal cords are actually swollen. And because they're swollen, they have more difficulty to close all the way. Now, when we're producing sound, our vocal cords will come together and vibrate together and they're going to close all the way. But if they're swollen and they cannot close all the way, that will give you a breathy, um, airy, unstable sound. And that is what we call hoarse. If you would take a little camera and watch your vocal cords when being hoarse, you would see that first of all, yes, they would be swollen, but also they would be red and a little bit irritated. So that's why we don't want to be singing on cords that are irritated. That would be like having... Um, maybe a knee, imagine yourself that you just fell on the ground and you scrapped your knee, right? There's a little bit of blood on your knee because your, your skin is, is irritated. Now, if, if you want to heal, the thing that most people do is put a bandage on it so that the skin can recover, right? So singing on a hoarse voice would be kind of similar to having a scraped knee, but keep on scraping it against the surface that you fell on, on the ground, for example. And as you can imagine, 
that does not feel good. <laughs> so here are four things that you can do when you're hoarse. And this first thing is actually a beautiful transition from my little story about the knee, because the first thing that we can do when you experience that hoarseness is to just be silent and really practice vocal rest. Vocal rest is so important and is something that we oftentimes forget. What many beginner singers will do when they are on vocal rest is whisper. Now, whispering is even worse than shouting when you are hoarse. So no whispering, no shouting. If you can, just rest your voice. Don't say a word, don't sing a word and be quiet, be silent. It can be sometimes really nice for yourself too to find that, that quiet space. But that is rule number one. If you feel hoarse, rest. Just like we put a bandage on our knee if we would have scraped our knee on the ground so that the skin can heal and recover. Same thing with the voice, we want it to heal and recover. So why no whispering? That might be a question that comes up. When we're whispering, we're actually letting air pass the vocal cords, right? When I do that, right? Then I'm not really having my cords come together. There's only air passing through and air dries the cords out. And when they're dried out, that will cause you even more irritation when they do come together. And then we are in this vicious cycle. So we don't want to have that. So from the four techniques that I want to share with you today, this is the first one that you can use to heal from hoarseness. Before we move on to number three, uh, to number two, three, and four, I do want to restate that these techniques and tools are here to help you treat the hoarseness. However, before we do that, it's really important that you discover what that root cause is. You have to know why that hoarseness is there and then change whatever that situation is so that you can avoid that in the future. So the tools and the techniques that I'm going to share with you are here to help you when you do um, experience the hoarseness. But really the most important step is to know why, what is the root cause of this hoarseness and how can you change that so that you can avoid this in the future? Okay, so first tool was to be silent. No whispering, no shouting, just rest your voice. Second tool is to be utilizing something is, that is called steaming. Now you might know this, this is a grandmother's technique. <laughs> steaming will basically rehydrate the vocal cords. And when the cords are irritated or swollen and thus hoarse, that means that there's not enough hydration on them. So the outer layer of the vocal cords is made up of mucus. And you could compare that, it's a little bit icky, but you could compare that to the mucus that is in your nose. So when you're blowing your nose and it's like this liquid that comes out, it's easy to blow your nose, right? But if you blow your nose and it's a little bit more dry, then 
whatever is in your nose might not come out. Okay, so if you've ever taken the plane, for example, the air is so dry in there that your nose might even bleed a little bit and have these little, um, yeah, like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe them, but you, I, I hope you know what I mean. Uh, so the kids call them boogers, right? You have the ones that are very liquid that just come out right away. And then you have the ones that are a little bit more dry that are harder to come out. So on our voice, we also have mucus similar to that. It's not the same, but similar. And so we want to have a very hydrated outer fold or outer coating on our voice. And one way to rehydrate that when hoarse is steaming. So steaming, what is it? Well, basically you're taking a, a pot or a pan or anything where you can put water in, uh, boil some water and then pour the hot water, the boiling water into the pan. Then you can take a towel and put that towel over your head and just hang your head above that pen or pot. And so the idea is that you're inhaling the steam that gets released from the hot water. So the steam, what is that basically? It's droplets of water. And by inhaling them, we're putting those droplets directly on our vocal cords, which will help to rehydrate. So steaming is a great way to do that. This is the grandmother's way with a towel. There's many different tools that exist um, that can help you. If you don't have a towel handy, I'm sure you can find those. I'll also link in it in the description below if you need any help with that. So that is steaming. This leads me into my third tool, which is nebulizing. So there's a difference between steaming and nebulizing. The main difference is the droplets of the water, the size of them, the size of the droplets. So when we're steaming, I told you, we're steaming with water. When we're nebulizing, and there's actually a handy little tool that you can use to help you nebulize. I'll also link to it in the description here down below. When we're nebulizing, we're not using pure water, like tap water. We're using a solution called saline. 0.9%. <laughs> and this solution is really what is already naturally available in our body. So when, for example, surgeons do surgeries and they need to, you know, use a little bit of water to clear the field, the surgical field, then they're using not water, but saline. And so this is a solution that we want to use as well when we are nebulizing. And so the main difference is with nebulizing, first of all, it's cold. With steaming, it's warm. So some people might prefer one over the other. Uh, second of all, the droplets of what comes out of your machine, your nebulizer, are very small compared to the water droplets when steaming. And the smaller the water droplets, the more chance you have that they actually reach the vocal cords. So when we're steaming, we're inhaling through our mouth we're inhaling the steam. When we're nebulizing, there are tools that exist that you put directly into your mouth so that it reaches the vocal folds faster. So this is my nebulizer. It's called the Vocal Mist. If you want, I will link to it in the description here down below. And so basically it works. You get also like these 
little saline solutions. So basically you just open the top, you pour that in here. I'm not going to do it now because I'm not going to be enabling. But basically you pour that in there, you switch on, you, you, you like turn the cap on. And then there's this mouthpiece that you can use that gets attached here. And then you just put it into your mouth like this. Now, if you're listening on the podcast, you don't have a visual, that's totally fine. You can go to our YouTube channel called The Singing Insiders to have that visual if you need it. But basically, you're putting this mouthpiece directly into your mouth. And so it's way closer to the vocal cords. And thus, there is more chance that these droplets will actually reach your cords. So those are the two um, next tools that I would recommend. Steaming nebulizing. And depending on your preference, it's not that one is better than the other. I tend to prefer steaming in the evening because it's nice and warm and nebulizing in the morning because it gets my voice started. So it really depends on what your preference is. So let's recap. Our first tool to treat hoarseness was to shut up and be silent, vocal rest. Second tool was steaming. Third tool was nebulizing. And the fourth one is to actually use your voice in a very specific way. With that, I mean utilizing what we call SOVT exercises. What are SOVT exercises? SOVT stands for semi-occluded vocal tract. It's a big word to just basically say we're working with back pressure. So that sounds like those are all sounds where we have airflow because we're singing. Obviously, there's air coming out of our mouth. But because we're making those specific sounds, there's also air coming back in. And so those two airflows are meeting each other. And that gives my vocal cords that are riding between those two airflows a nice massage. So some exercises that you can do, um, for example, is on the lip trill. Let me get the piano up. Yes, for example, very relaxed. And if a lip trill is a little bit hard for you, you can also use a tongue trill, like saying an R in the, in the front of your mouth. So let's try and do that together so that you can feel how that feels for your voice. Here we go. And much to it that this is it another example or exercise that you can do is for example using the v sound and just do slides for example let's do that together nice and relaxed Now, if you have a straw available, you could even use a straw and do your exercises on a straw. Now, I have this handy tool called the SOVT Trainer. Um, 
but a normal straw will do as well. I'll link to it in the description down below if you're interested. Uh, but here you could, for example, just blow through it and add some notes, for example. So I'm singing, but through the straw. Let's try that together. And if you don't have a straw available, you can also pretend that you're blowing through a straw and have your puffy, like your cheeks really puffy and then close your mouth so that the air has just a limited space to escape through. Let's try that together. Here we go. So those are all kinds of exercises that you can do. These are exercises as long as you stay within the SOVT family of exercises. Um, they cannot harm your voice and actually will help to get that swelling down. Now, I understand that I've, I've given you a few exercises and we could go for hours and hours on this. If you're a member of the Singing Insiders, which is our membership for passionate singers, then you actually have all those exercises in the forms of a vocal workout in your vocal workout library. So basically you just hit play and then sing along to the exercises to, to get all of those um, swelling if your horse down. So to recap, the main thing that we wanna be able to do when your horse is find the root cause. That is priority number one. Then in order to treat your hoarseness, one, vocal rest, two, steaming, three, nebulizing, and four, SOVT exercises. We've gone through a few of them. If you're a member of the Singing Insiders, you can find many more in the Vocal Workout Library. If you're not a member of the Singing Insiders but want to join, well, then you're in luck. No, no, just kidding. You can, if you want to, um, join the waitlist because doors are not always open. I'll link to it in the description here down below as well. Um, and if you have any questions regarding hoarseness, then please let me know so I can help you with that. I just want to thank you for being here today, for spending this time with me. I wish you all the best on your vocal journey. Take care of your voice. You only have one. This is your one and only instrument that we cannot replace. So please, please, please keep on taking care of it. And um, I'll see you next week in the next episode. Bye. I'm giving you a virtual high five. Wow, that was amazing. Was it just me or did that go by way too fast? Now, if you don't want to stop here and you want more singing tips, tricks, and exercises, head on over to www.singinginsiders.com. Also, if you liked and valued this episode, be sure to subscribe to this show, share it with your friends, and leave a review so that we can reach even more singers and spread the power of singing. So thank you for being here. Thank you for your enthusiasm and support. And I look forward to see you here again soon. Bye.